Welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you all are having an absolutely blessed day today, and I hope you guys enjoyed the Hagman Show on Friday. Doug and I went in some very detailed information and discussed the aspect of the rally that's going up in D.C. on January 6th, and it looks like Ted and I will be going up there. May see a couple of our friends want to go with us as well. Uh, we'll either be flying with a buddy of ours flying us up there, or we'll be driving either way. Um, and this is not, and let me clarify this real quick. I'm not going up there to support Trump as a he's going to fix everything president. I'm going up there, and the vast majority of people that I know that are going up there are going up there to make a stand over the blatant theft and disrespect that is being shoved in the face of the American populace. That is what I cannot deal with. That is what I cannot tolerate, is blatant lies, theft, and disrespect in my face. We've already seen how the numbers don't add up at all. And I was doing some research on them the other day, and I had another friend send me a basically a, a graph on the actual numbers of what we saw with the vote. You know, the U.S. population right now after the census is 330,598,493. Of all of the registered voters, the actual registered voters registered to vote in the United States, there are 213,799,467. 66.2% of them voted in this election, which came to a total of 141 million 535,247 actual voters registered to vote that voted. Now, here's the numbers don't add up. Trump's votes recorded 74,223,251. Biden's votes recorded 81,281,888. That brings total votes recorded to over 155,515,000. That's more than all of the registered voters that actually voted. So nobody still has been yet to show me or prove to me that there were not an additional 14 million votes that popped out of thin air that went to Biden. Can't figure that out. Now we've seen the evidence with the surveillance cameras. We've seen the ballots and the suitcases being pulled out after everybody's told to leave. We've seen the Dominion voting. We've seen it all, and they still continue to say, no, nothing to see here. Biden had the most votes in U.S. history for a 75-year-old, dementia-ridden, senile president who can't even have more than 10 people at a rally because nobody gives a rat's butt about him. So again, we see what's happening here with the theft, and this is why we're going up there. So again, if you want to go up there, go up there. I'm not going to tell people to go up there. Everybody has their own choice to do it, but that is what we're doing. And as we're seeing now, this isn't going to stop. Everything is going to continue to escalate from here on out if there is not some type of accountability of the situations that have been playing out. As you guys have seen now, they have passed in Congress the $900 billion COVID stimulus deal, which again now has been another gigantic, big, fat, steaming pile of pork feces that they're trying to feed the American populace and tell us to smile and like it and call it caviar. This is ridiculous again. I guess the $2.2 trillion that went to the bankers wasn't enough. They need more. And ironically, out of this, $900 billion 
anybody that basically got a stimulus bill check last time that made less than $75,000 is going to get a whopping $600 now, meaning out of that entire $900 billion stimulus bill, about $140 billion of it's actually going to go to the American populace, meaning we're going to get about an eighth of it. That's it. We're going to get an eighth of it. The rest of it now is going to another almost $300 billion payroll protection program, the PPP, which was notably the most abused program of the CARES Act. We saw huge corporations getting massive amounts of money for these loans, and then we saw other people that could barely get anything at all, and then basically told that they were getting these insane interest rates on it. I had a buddy of mine in the construction industry, and he was fighting tooth and nail just to get like $25,000 loan to try to keep you know a lot of stuff covered when everything dipped down during the shutdown. He told him the best rate they were giving him was 9% loan. 9% loan. He declined that one. 9%. So the lie that they're telling you they're coming out with this low interest forgivable loan is complete and total garbage. The education aspect, they're getting another $82 billion on top of their already bloated budget. I don't know where that's going. Almost $100 billion going to the education system, considering the fact now that it's actually even more cost-effective for the school systems now, because a lot of the schools are still online. Don't know where that's all going. Then, of course, you have an additional $30 billion for the procurement and distribution of the COVID vaccine. I don't know where that money's supposed to be going either because apparently we already had Operation Warp Speed that pumped tens of billions of dollars into the program and into the system. So now I guess they need another $30 billion to distribute vaccines. I don't, don't even get started on that one. And here's the one that was really interesting. Another $15 billion in assistance to the airline companies. The airline companies that have now had to furlough 30-plus thousand people. And the question is, Why? It's not because people don't want to travel. It's not even really because people are that scared to travel. The number one, and I've asked this question to numerous people, including my friends and family, and I'm answering the own question, my own opinion as well. One of the main reasons that I have been told nobody wants to fly anymore is the insanely, almost violent style tactics of the totalitarian regime that is now known as the airline system. You've seen videos repeatedly all over the internet, day after day after day, of people formally ejected off airplanes for having a mask below their nose. There's a video now that's come out, and this is grossly troubling. A Colorado family were kicked off the plane because their two-year-old would not keep a mask on. Now, what's interesting about it, they went on, they said, we basically went on, they said we had no warning, no working with us, no questions, nothing to help whatsoever. They said that when they first got there, they told them that their daughter asked how old it was. She said she just turned two. They said, well, any child that's two or older has to wear a mask the whole time. They said, we don't have a mask for it. They said, here's a mask. She needs to wear it. She said after that, the flight attendant would not even speak to them. She knows the flight attendants continue to walk up and down the aisle, pacing and checking and looking at everybody, prison-style tactics, literally looking at every single person, pacing up and down the aisle the entire time. She said she noticed they kept walking by and checking on the two-year-old and making very, very aggressive facial remarks and eye contact with them. She said the next thing we knew, supervisor came over and said, you need to leave the plane immediately. She goes, what are you talking about? She said, for the safety of our employees and our customers, you have to leave the plane now. She goes, we're trying to keep a mask on my two-year-old daughter. And they said, 
doesn't matter. You're now being escorted off the plane. You are not allowed to fly. And they're going, what? This, this, is, this is where we're at now? All right, I think Austin just got kicked off. Now, if he didn't get kicked off, then I'm going to be talking here to you guys, and you're not going to be able to hear me, but I just heard him beep, beep, and so when he goes beep, beep, in most cases, he's been disconnected. Now, what he's talking about is when the two-year-old child and their parents were thrown off the plane, and Dennis Prager, he's a very conservative Jewish gentleman who I really, really like, and he wrote an article, and he said, when two-year-olds are thrown off planes, you know that America has changed. Now, I'm going to read you part of this article because it's very, very well written. It goes, you may have seen the video of the family thrown off a United Airlines airplane because the two-year-old daughter would not wear a mask. Though the family wore masks and the father promised to cover his daughter's face with a mask that he placed on her face, it made no difference. Though the child was completely asymptomatic and though it is exceedingly rare for a child to transmit COVID, it was still thrown off the plane along with his parents. This is why Sweden kept the schools open all spring and summer and its students did not have to wear masks. The airline had its orders and the flight attendants duly obeyed them. Then he says, as I watched the video, I wondered what the flight attendant thought. For example, did he think this was absurd, not to mention cruel? Did he know that a two-year-old present virtually no health risk? Did he wonder why adults could sit without masks inches from other passengers while eating their food, but a two-year-old seated only next to his family needed a mask? Or did he think he was performing a nobler, kinder service in kicking a family off an airplane because their two-year-old wouldn't wear the mask? The irony of all of this stuff, at the age of 24 months, the child automatically is told they have to wear a mask. So if this child was 22 months or 24 months or 24 months, 28 months, 26, you know, 26 months, older than 24 months, it had to put a mask on. And this is going to sound awful, but if the parents had said, oh, my child is 23 months old, couldn't tell the difference, the child would not need to have worn a mask or they would not have been kicked off the plane. But the parents were telling the truth that they did. the child had just turned two years old. And for that moment of clarity and truthfulness, that that child and their parents were thrown off the plane in what used to be the United States of America. Prager says, when two-year-olds are thrown off airplanes, you know America has changed. By the way, this COVID vaccine, and we warned you about this, 3,150 injuries in the first week of illegal experimental COVID vaccines among the American healthcare workers, pregnant women included. 3,150 Healthcare workers and pregnant women have now had adverse effects, many of which have been hospitalized. The first week of injecting Americans' healthcare workers with experimental illegal Pfizer mRNA vaccine has resulted in over 3,000 of these healthcare workers unable to perform their jobs and basically many of them being hospitalized. The report is directly from the CDC and was published yesterday, December the 19th, 2020. And the staffing issues and overcrowding at hospitals across the U.S. were being over-exaggerated in the big pharma-controlled media in recent weeks to instill fear over COVID to the public. That is about to change as the next phase of the experimental COVID vaccine trials, which is what it is, is being conducted on the American public, starting with healthcare workers this past week. What an absolute mess. Austin's got statistics from one of our doctors in a healthcare facility that wishes to remain anonymous that told us of horrible, horrible things, including Guillain-Barre paralysis, 
people passing out and also give you those exact numbers in a few minutes when it comes back on the air. But that's where we find ourselves, guys. We find ourselves in a position where everything we told you is actually happening the way we told you that it would. And quite frankly, we didn't want to be right. If you get a chance and you did not have a chance to listen to Friday's show, Austin and I basically went back and forth as far as what happens if we don't protest about what happened with the elections? What happens if Biden becomes president? What happens if Trump becomes president? Friday's show last week was probably one of the best shows we've done on this election fiasco since it started back in November with the cheating of the election. So please, I don't want to be redundant and cover Friday's show again today, but I want you to listen to Friday's show. Also, this weekend I heard a really good song, and it was by Kenny Rogers and Winona Judd. And I sent it to Todd. I said, I want you guys to play this song. I want, I want, I want Todd, I'm asking Todd to play it for, this, for the audience today. Now, the audio recording is a little bit scratchy. It was done at a live presentation. It was done on TV one night. And they were singing about Jesus and Mary's son. And the last words they say is that people don't realize that this, that I'm paraphrasing, is the great I am. And I wanted to play this song for you today because, guys, right now at this point and where we are in the United States of history, we need a little bit of encouragement. So, Todd, go ahead and play that song for me right now, and let's go ahead and let the listeners hear this because I really, really enjoyed it. Mary, did you know that your baby boy one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy Save our sons and daughters Did you know That your baby boy Has come to make you new This child that you delivered Will soon deliver you Mary, did you know That your baby boy Will give sight to a blind man Mary, did you know That your baby boy Will calm a storm with his hand Did you know That your baby boy Has walked where angels trod And when you kiss your little baby You've kissed the face of God Child, you're holding is the grave. 
child that you're holding is the great I am. You know, I heard that song, Brad sent that to me this weekend, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to play that for the listeners, I'm going to play that for the audience, and now a lot of you guys that basically are not Christians are going, what the heck, really? Are you going to be playing a song about Jesus on your show? Well, yeah, yeah, I am, because as far as I'm concerned, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, and I mean, that's how I feel about it, guys. I mean, my heart beats for the great I am. I've told you guys that. And Christ is the great I am. He is God, the triune Godhead. He was with God in the beginning. He's omnipresent. We've gone and talked about this in depth. Why would I talk about this all the time? Because, guys, we all need hope. Right now, we're in the Christmas season. We're about to experience, you know, the Christmas holiday for Christmas being celebrated for the birth of Christ. And I realize that Jesus wasn't born in December. I got that. I got that. But we so happen to celebrate the birth of our risen Savior on December 25th, which is coming up in a couple of days. So I just wanted to really wish you guys a blessed, blessed Merry Christmas. I love you guys, and I appreciate you. Now, we've not yet prayed for you this morning. We had a bunch of stuff going on. I had a meeting here at the house first thing this morning. But I want you to know something. It doesn't matter what happens in Washington. It doesn't matter with any of this stuff. Because the great I am, he is in charge, he is control, he's got your back. Just remember that. God Almighty has your back. And if he is for you, the Bible says, who can be against you? It doesn't make any difference. All of this stuff, especially in alt media now, 90% of it is fear porn. That's all it is. It's all it is is fear porn. Don't let it mess with your head. You know, we're not going to have a meteorite hit the planet. It ain't going to happen. If it does, who cares? We're not going to be here anyhow. All right? We're not going to have a volcano blow up and destroy the planet. It doesn't matter. And if if it does and it destroys the planet, oh, well, who cares? We won't be here anyhow. So don't allow this stuff to overwhelm you. I had a meeting this morning with one of the top college administrators here in Central Florida. Not going to mention the name of the person. Not going to mention the name of the university. But here's the thing. You know, they're all stressed out because of what's happening with Black Lives Matter. They're all stressed out with what's going on with COVID. They're all stressed out because of the amount of hatred towards white people now in the university systems that's brought to us by the Frankfurt School. They're all stressed out. Everybody's stressed out because it's not what it used to be. See, all of this stuff happened with Barack Obama, the racist Barack Obama, the gay Kenyan married to a man. According to Joan Rivers, <laughs> I always like to qualify that. But the reality is, is that we've got this group of people now that are taking every single thing they can possibly do to destroy the culture of the United States, forcing us into the subservience, forcing us to wear a mask. Ron Paul says now, this past weekend, exclusive interview with Breitbart, masks are all about submission. This is Senator Rand Paul told Breitbart News on Saturday that mask mandates are ostensibly issued for public health purposes are all about submission, offering his remarks in an interview with Breitbart. (laughs) He says, Marlo, you've had a terrific speech, and you started with something that I wasn't anticipating, and I absolutely love, but the actual science about the mask mandates, you broke it down in a very clear way. Talk about it to us. And I've posted this, and what he basically says is that this is not going to work as far as the mask, as far as stopping any kind of transmission. Now, on Friday, I talked about viral shedding, and i got to say something here, and this is really important, because i got to quantify this, 
because I've spoken to several of you guys about why I feel this way. If we have viral shedding of a much more serious COVID disease because of the vaccines, you know, we may have to, I hate to say this, we may have to self-isolate, just kind of hang out at the house and not go out in public until, until this stuff runs its course. Because it could get really serious like it did in Wuhan with viral shedding, which is what I believe happened over there. And if that happens, just do what you've been doing. And if you have to go out in public, you know, at that point, you may have to wear an N95 mask. But it won't be because the government's telling you to do it. Because you're doing it because you've chosen to do it as a free American, free citizen of the United States of America, not because you're under tyranny. Now, I'm not expecting that to happen. And Austin and I are going to D.C., probably going to get up there on on January the 3rd on the evening of, spend the 4th, the 3rd, the 4th, the 5th, and the 6th in a hotel up there. And if we do get up there, because I've got a, I've got a, you know a pilot of mine who, who said he'd fly a light plane up there for us, but we can't do that if the weather's bad. It doesn't work that way with little planes because you end up getting in trouble with ice. But if we can get up there, we'll get up there with the plane. If we can't, we're planning on driving, and it'll be a two-day drive, about a 13-hour drive from here to D.C. And so we'll do two six-hour days, and we're planning on going up there and basically being at that rally on the sixth. Now, if you guys want to join us, you're welcome to. And if you're on ST Brower Instagram, ST Brower Instagram, if I can, if we get a room that will take the size of that amount of people that we're going to have, we'll probably have a little meeting there. Now, this is all tentative. They don't hold me to any of this stuff because the hotel may pitch a fit and say, oh, we can't have a meeting in your room because of the COVID. But I'd have to get upgraded to like a little suite or something. Otherwise, we can't do it in a single room. And there's no way the hotel is going to give us a room in D.C. for us to have a meeting without taking all these COVID precautions, including forcing everybody to wear a mask, and I'm not going to do that. So I'm letting you guys know that that's a possibility that we might do, but right now we're pretty much guaranteed that we're going up there. And so I'd like to meet a lot of you guys if I can, if you want to go. Now, this is not something that I'm asking you to do as far as, oh, please, please, please go to D.C. But what I'm saying is we will probably be there because I want to let people know that at this point in my life, at 65 years of age, and Austin being 32, that we've basically had enough. We've had enough of all of it, and we're not going to sit and go passively into the night. And like Austin said on Friday's show, the United States watch it die with a whimper. Don't want to go there, don't want to be there, don't want to be part of that. By the way, an Irish man, this is an article from Zero Hedge, has been sentenced to two months in prison for failing to wear a face mask. Yeah, that's the extent of their resolve over in Europe and on the British Isles. An Irish man has been sentenced to two months in prison for failing to wear a face mask on a bus while traveling to his uncle's funeral. In fact, he was he was medically exempt and did not have to wear a mask, but still he was charged and put in prison for two months. Garda police officer Thomas Bowens told Castlebar District Court that Heisman was wearing his mask like a hat and refused to follow orders to cover his mouth and nose, prompting other passengers to exit the bus. Mr. Heisman told authorities he was medically exempt and that under the data protection laws, he was not legally required to provide evidence. In spite of all of this, he was convicted under the Health, Heath Health Act of 1947 and now faces up to two years, not two years, not two months, two years in jail. According to Judge Fiona Leiden, Heisman's behavior had been totally inappropriate, with the judge asserting 
she was satisfied that all of the ingredients required to secure a conviction have been satisfied by the state. You, you wicked peasant going to a funeral, how dare you, peasant, not wear a mask? What the heck is going on in this world, guys? Oh, that's right. It's the international bankers. And also, guess what? Cash-strapped Iraq now. And all of you guys who are waiting for the, the dinar to go up in value to make millions of dollars, which I've told you for years, that's a scam. Cash-strapped Iraq has drastically devalued dinars as fear of a nationwide unrest grows. Iraq's economy will fall the most among OPEC members under a quota program for oil output. Guys, I hope and I pray that you haven't gotten wrapped up in that dinar scam that was going to give you millions and billions of dollars when you bought Iraqi dinars. The profit that was being taken from the dinar was already done. It was about a 30% increase. It was done by the international bankers many, many, many years ago. And all of you guys that have been waiting for this to happen, it ain't going to happen. Just be blown with you. It's not going to happen. I've got a friend of mine who basically lived in the United States, and he had a business, and he moved to China for 10 years. And every time I talked to him on the telephone, it was always, oh, I'm going to have millions and billions of dollars. And this, this fantasy that they basically made him believe is not true. And now it's been further devalued. Also, Blackstone will soon be turning around and selling the data from the companies it acquires. Surprise, surprise. With its $7 trillion assets, which, by the way, it's much, much higher than that with its interlocking corporate directorships. BlackRock now has admitted it's going to be selling and providing future acquisitions, data management, and services. Described as gathering, processing, curating, and transforming information for monetization through licensing or sale arrangements with third parties. In turn, the companies would pay Blackstone a share of the revenue generated, as well as cost reimbursement according to the filings. No payments would be shared with fund investors, nor used to offset management fees. Data sales prospects might be a factor in future deals this disclosure show. This is what they've done to us. Now, they've turned you into an information bit. They want to make sure that they can take every single person out there and massively increase your revenue stream by selling your personal data. Oh, so you like to look at this on the Internet. Oh, okay, let's sell that information about you. Oh, you'd like to look at that on the Internet. Okay, let's go ahead and monetize that. Oh, you like to drink organic milk. Let's go ahead and monetize that and have your refrigerator spy on you. Oh, you like to watch this on TV. Well, let's go ahead and monetize that because we've watched you on our reverse cameras on our TVs, and we know exactly what makes you get excited, what makes your pupils dilate. Oh, yeah. They got that. All that data is available to them now. Oh, you like to buy this with your credit card. You like to buy that with your credit card. You like to go here on vacation. You like to use this hotel chain. All of that information is being monetized. And you, being a goyim, a cattle, a cow, a piece of meat, something to be basically slaughtered and harvested like, you know, livestock, you have to be basically monetized to increase the revenue stream from the Kabbalist international banking cartels that are doing all of this. You know, I've got, I posted an article this weekend on the Council of Foreign Relations. I posted it last night. Everybody needs to read the entire article. It's about four or five pages long. It'll take you 20 minutes to read it and really study it with the hyperlinks that link you back to it. The Council of Foreign Relations is that group that was put into positions of power after the League of Nations failed a group of globalists 
that want a new world, one world government a hundred years ago, and, and of whom Trump has picked more people for his cabinet positions and administrative positions than any other current president that I can find, as far as CFR members. So does it surprise you that Donald Trump is now coming out and saying that he will not be considering martial law to ensure the integrity of the election? New story from Breitbart. Donald Trump denies considering martial law to rerun the 2020 election. Let me tell you something. You know, he took Sidney Powell this weekend, had a little chit-chat with her in the White House. They've met twice now. This is the same Sidney Powell he basically denied working with, distanced himself from a month ago, and now basically is tying himself together with. Unbelievable. President Donald Trump denied Sunday he was considering martial law after news outlets speculated about the contents of a White House meeting with Cindy Powell. Martial law equals fake news, Trump wrote on Twitter. Just more knowingly bad reporting. Wow. The New York Times reported Trump met with Sidney Powell and his former National Security Advisor General Michael Flynn on Friday evening to explore further options of challenging the 2020 presidential election, even though the Electoral College had already met to elect Biden. Cable news outlets seized on the Times report that the president discussed imposing martial law and deploying the military to rerun the election, a proposal that Flynn discussed on Newsmax. The Times claimed Trump considered appointing lawyer Sidney Powell to serve as a special counsel to investigate the election, and his lawyer, former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, questioned whether it was possible for the Department of Homeland Security to seize voting machines for examination. So all of this stuff is happening right now. Now, let me say something to you. Now, this is important. We've had the Q group for the past four years telling us that we're going to have 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 175,000 sealed indictments and people arrested all over the United States. Why have they done that? Because they wanted to make everybody passive in the patriot community. They want to make people feel as though that Donald Trump was playing three-dimensional chess, this is their words, not mine, and that basically he was way ahead of everybody because he was this incredible genius who had failed bankruptcy seven times, filed bankruptcy seven times, bought out by the Rothschild banker, but still an incredible genius, right, which I don't believe. Can't construct sentences, can't speak clearly, has to use fragmented sentences and everything that he does, but I'm not going to go there today, but I just did so, oh well. So what ends up happening is Donald Trump is supposed to be this great savior, like I said on Friday, Donald Trump God with a little G to so many people. Well, the problem is, if Donald Trump says or slips information to you that, oh, we're going to declare martial law, oh, we're going to seize voting machines, oh, we're going to do all of this, it makes the patriots kind of sit back and go, oh, oh, well, Donald Trump has this in charge. This is what Q said. We're basically going to have, you know, a new election. It's all going to be taken care of. Joe Biden will never be made or sworn in as president of the United States. In the meantime, they're preparing to swear Joe Biden in as president of the United States, and he will probably soon be president of the United States. But yet we, the patriots, are told to sit back and hold on because Donald Trump has it in charge. This is the same Donald Trump that put in Operation Warp Speed with thousands and thousands of people now the first weekend infected and hospitalized and damaged from the COVID vaccine within the first weekend. This is the same Donald Trump who, as I mentioned earlier, put all the CFR members into the White House. This is the same Donald Trump who was paid off and 
bought off and basically brought out of bankruptcy by Rothschild Inc. with Wilbur Ross back in 1989. This is the same Donald Trump who makes a sport of having sex with other men's wives just to basically ruin marriages and to prove he could do it. This is the same Donald... Oh, yeah, that Donald Trump. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to go on any further for all of you guys that like Trump. You say, well, he's still going to be better than Joe Biden. Okay? All right. We've talked about this already. And don't get me wrong, I don't like Biden. I don't. But then again, I don't like Trump. There you go. I just said it. Now, I've supported him the first four years. I have. Now, I've said good things and bad things about him whenever he did something right or wrong. And I voted for him four years ago. I will admit that. And I would never vote for Biden. I would never do that. But the point is this. Why in the world does he get a pass? Well, it's because of evangelical voters. The evangelical voters who have been brainwashed by the Schofield Bible, basically through Samuel Untermeyer, have told us all that Donald Trump has this big plan and that we're going to have tribulation come upon the planet and we're all going to get raptured out of here, so we got to support him. Guys, this is some bad theology. It's really, 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 really bad theology. Brought to us by a lot of mega-pastors. In fact, one of these mega-pastors who's this hardcore Zionist uh, basically has tested positive with COVID after the White House Christmas party. This is an article out of The Independent. The Independent employs over 100 journalists around the world to bring us these articles. And a Georgia megapastor has contracted coronavirus just days after attending a White House Christmas party. Jensen Franklin of the Free Chapel in Gainesville was absent from Sunday service after testing positive for disease, his colleague, Pastor, said. We want to make sure you're aware that Pastor Franklin has come in contact with covid but he's doing perfectly fine, Mr. Ruff told the congregation, according to local media reports. And he added, he's actually is doing great. Now, they're saying that he was at this Christmas party, and they're inferring that because he was at the Christmas party that he came down with COVID. Well, guys, let me say something to you. They don't know that. They really don't know that. In fact, we don't even know if he even has COVID because of the false testing that's being done out there as far as COVID. So why are we basically you know, being concerned about megachurch pastors. Now, I will say this, and I'm going to be very careful because I know megachurch pastors who are patriots. I do. I know multiple ones who are good people. And one of these people basically got slammed when they put out a tweet about Black Lives Matter or even put a thumbs up on a tweet about this a few months ago, and I'm not going to mention any names. But guys, here's the thing. Until these pastors in the pulpit, this that they're going to start talking and telling the truth about what's happening, we're not going to get resolution from a, how should I say, spiritual sense in our churches. Uh, the other day I heard another pastor say, and this guy's a friend of mine, he was basically saying yesterday, take the COVID vaccine or don't take the COVID vaccine, it doesn't matter to me. Now wait a minute, Now why would he do that? Why would the pastor say that? Because the pastor that I'm speaking of is basically totally and diametrically opposed to taking a COVID vaccine. He's told me that. So why would he say from the pulpit on national TV and on national podcasts, take it or don't take it? Well, they've got these pastors and these churches scared to death now. That if they tell their parishioners not to take the COVID, and a person comes down with COVID, and the person dies from the COVID, they're going to file a lawsuit on that church. This 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 is the precarious stuff that we find ourselves in. And that's why we tell you guys, if you want to take the COVID shot, take it. Here are the side effects. Here's what it's going to do. You know, we don't recommend it, but it's your choice. See, it always comes down to that, isn't it? It always comes down to your choice as far as what you want to do or what you don't want to do. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And quite frankly, as for me and my house, we are not taking a COVID shot. I'm not going to take an untested vaccine with over 3,000 people hospitalized and in horrible condition after taking it over the weekend. I'm not going to do something like that. Why would I do that? 
to my family and to myself. But if you want to do that and you want to wear a mask, these are all your choices. So we have to maintain neutrality on all of that stuff. And like I said, and also said a few weeks ago, if you want to wear a mask because you feel you're protecting yourself or you want to take the COVID shot because you feel you're protecting yourself, that's between you and your family and your physician. But guys, listen to me. Do the research and make the decision based upon the facts, not upon hype. On Friday, actually on Saturday, I was stopped by a car dealership. And this is... I'm not going to mention any names again. I was, it was a GMC dealership. I was looking at a pickup truck. And they didn't have the truck in stock, but I know the owners. And the owner's basically at the dealership, and he's got this mask snug tied on his face. And I said to him, I said, uh, I'm going to rename him. I'm going to use a different name. I said, Joe, you don't have to wear a mask for me. And he goes, I'm wearing a mask for me. I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, I've had two people in the dealership die from COVID, and my, my brother had it. He was sick for two weeks. I'm like, oh, oh. I said, now, the other person, were they really old? Did they have comorbidities? Well, yes. I'm like, okay, that's, that's nice. Well, well, did, did, how about the other person? He was 57 years old, and he died. He was dead within a week. I said, okay, wait. I said, don't, I'm not arguing with you. I said, COVID will drop you dead as a grizzly bear if it gets a hold of you, if you got a bad immune system. It will. I said, but the masks don't work. Now, you can wear a mask. They don't filter out enough stuff unless you're wearing an N95 mask and using a face shield and keep it away from your eyes and all the other stuff if you want to do all that. I said, or you can just take these supplements and really increase your immune system. So I gave them a list of the supplements, you know, the D3, K2, potassium iodide, zinc, vitamin C. And I said, look, you can take all these supplements and it'll really pump up your immune system and it'll allow your body to basically fight off stuff. So I explained to him what a macrophage was and all the other kind of stuff. So I had a, about a 30-minute conversation with him in the dealership. And then I ended up sending his brother a couple of articles, and his brother sent me this link back, like, I don't want to talk to you about this. I am opposed to how you feel about blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. And it reminds me of what happened a few weeks ago. Uh, Karen, a really good listener, a good friend of mine who listens to the show every day, she had somebody hammering her on Facebook. I mean, hammering her on Facebook and on social media, where she would post to Ted Nelson Brower show or make something up to make a comment about the truth about what's going on with COVID. No matter what she said, this guy was basically hammering her. Now, I'm going to give you guys some advice real quick, and it's what I told Karen. The Bible says, Jesus said, not just anybody writing the Bible or involved in the Bible, Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that we consider people to be swine who don't listen to us? Does that mean that they're subhuman, that they're animals? Well, that, it doesn't mean that. What it means is this. If somebody doesn't want to hear the message you've got to give, if somebody doesn't want to hear what you've got to say and you know you're telling them the truth, walk away. He said it another way. He said, if they won't receive what you're saying, turn and leave that town, that village, and shake the dust off your feet. Now, what does that mean? That means basically say goodbye, you know, hello, goodbye, I'm out of here, done. Walk away. Why is that? Because here's what happens. If you look at the New Testament, the sower and the seed, you've got the sower basically going out and sowing seed on rocky ground. And it's not really growing real well because there's no soil. you got him throwing it on thorny ground. It doesn't really work real well because usually the soil's too, quite frankly, it's too acidic and it won't grow very well. And if you try to harvest something, you've got to deal with all the thorns. you got people you know, doing it on shallow ground and also on good soil and you get a good harvest. Why is it the sower didn't chase the birds that were taking the seeds? Well, because he knew the birds were going to get a certain amount. 
and he knew if he chased the birds, he'd stop sowing. So here's the point of that conversation with with Karen and all of you guys right now. When you have people that are really, really attacking you on social media and saying things in a group chat that everybody can see, just block them. Whoa, did you just say block them? Well, yeah, why? Because if you've given them the information and you've given them the truth and you can't get them to listen, what does Jesus say to do? Shake the dust off your feet. Why? Because when you stop sowing the seed, and you're chasing the birds, what ends up happening is you no longer are productive because you're no longer sowing the seed. And come harvest time, if you stopped sowing the seed, there won't be anything to harvest because you spent the time chasing the birds. And it's very easy, and I've done the same thing Karen's done, and so has Austin, to try to say, okay, I've got this person who really needs to know the truth who really needs to know it. I've known them for many, many years, and they've been kind of cynical, but I can get them, and I can convince them that they need to know the truth. Let me tell you something, guys. I learned way back when, in my clinical days, when we have the clinic, and I see 40 patients a day, I know that there are certain people out there that you can't change. You can't change their diets. You can't change anything. They're basically stuck on stupid, and you can't fix it. Whoa, Ted, you just said they were stuck on stupid. Yeah, I, I said that. It's like their gears have been jammed into stupid on their car, and they've popped the clutch, they've ruined the transmission, and all they are is in gear stupid, and they can't come out of it. Well, that's, that's, that's terribly cynical for you to say that. No, I'm just telling you the truth. Now, does that mean that someday the Holy Spirit may convict them, or somebody may say something, or something will happen to them, and they will change? Well, yeah. It, it does mean that may happen. It may happen, but you can't be forcing that because it's going to be the Holy Spirit that does it. And all you're going to do is find yourself very getting very frustrated trying to do this. I mean, I've seen people come down with cancer years ago. Gosh, this is 40 years ago now. I had a guy come to the clinic. He basically had cancer. And he was working with an oncologist and another medical doctor in Lakeland. And he basically was working on the cancer. And I said, look, here's what you got to do. you got to change this, 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 and this. you got to change your diet. you got to take these antioxidants. And he did. And he recovered from the cancer. His name was Dave. That's his real name. And, you know, this is 40 years ago. And so Dave basically recovered from the cancer. And so then Dave, about a year later, came back and he had cancer back again. And he said, basically, uh, I went back to my old lifestyle habits. I went back to my old eating habits. I've been drinking coffee, eating sugar, doing all the things I know I shouldn't do. And I got the cancer again. And I said, okay. I said, but I said, you know, this is a degenerative disease, so to speak, with cancer. I said, your body's immune system is breaking down. You've got to stop doing this because your body only has an X amount of reserve energy. You'd call that mitochondrial reserves. After a certain point in time, you can't keep doing this because your body won't recover. So he, he listened, and he recovered from the cancer again. He did. About a year later, comes back over. He's got cancer again. Yeah, he had gone back to the coffee and to the alcohol and to the sugar and he died. Jewel. That's a terrible story, Ted. Why would you tell us such a terrible story? Because sometimes you got to shake the dust off your feet. Now, I didn't shake my dust off the feet with Dave. I worked with him until he passed away. And he's a great guy. But the point is this. You can't force somebody to make changes. Just like you can't force somebody to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Just like you can't force force somebody to believe that masks don't work. You can't force somebody to believe that vaccines 
really are dangerous, and the COVID vaccine has put 3,000 people in the hospital. Now, you can send them the information of the literature. You can do that. But if they start getting abusive with you and start slamming you on social media where other people can read it, what is that doing? That's preventing you from reaching the people that have ears to hear and eyes to see. Think about that for a second. That's preventing you from helping the people who want to be helped. So don't do that. Don't get yourself caught up in a quandary where you have to feel as though you've got to try to change the entire world because they don't want to listen. Guys, i got a newsflash for you. There are a whole bunch of heathen out there who don't want to listen to you about Christ. There are a whole bunch of non-believers who don't want to believe that the masks don't work. There are a whole bunch of people in all these different areas that you can't change. That's why on this show, I pray for you, and we'll pray for you again in a few minutes, all of you who want to listen and understand what we're saying and believe what we're saying. Because we always try to bring you the truth in everything that we do. That's when we try to cooperate it with news, and news stories that are legit. Like right now, Biden is considering cyber attacks on Russian infrastructure in retaliation for Pearl Harbor attacks that breached 200 U.S. federal agencies and firms as fired DHS cybersecurity chief Chris Krebs admits his failure to stop it. President-elect team is said to be considering several options over Russia's suspected role in the unprecedented hacking of U.S. government agencies. Moscow has denied involvement in the massive data breach, but Biden is reported to be looking for new financial sanctions and cyber attacks on Russian infrastructure, people familiar with this matter say. They will be held accountable, Biden said in an interview broadcast on Thursday. It happened on my watch. We missed it fired Chris Krebs admitted Sunday. Now, I'm going to stop here. This is all lies. Now, whether Biden's considering it or not, who knows? Russia didn't do this. This was Mossad. I'm coming right out and saying it. This was Mossad that did this. Because every time you dig under the rock far enough, you're going to find these Kabbalist bankers who control Mossad. It's like their private mercenary army that are doing all of this stuff. Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein were Mossad, and they basically got all of these guys that were top-level leaders in the military and the government and Congress, not all of them, but many of them, basically to have sex with young girls and videotape them in the process. Remember they said about his mansion, they had holes in the ceiling with these hidden cameras everywhere? This is the group that does all of this stuff. It's these secret CIA, Mossad, MI6. What are you saying? It's just Israel? No, no, no. But it's all being run through the international banking cartels, slinging the $1.5 trillion worth of Afghan heroin every single year globally to cover their secret black ops missions. It's this group of people that pretty much do everything that you see. So you can't blame the Russians. Russia said this past week, Vladimir Putin said, that Russia is squeaky clean compared to us. And quite frankly, they are. Look at this last election. Look at this last election. So Biden is now considering cyber attacks, which, by the way, is an act of war in retaliation for Pearl Harbor of hacks, act of war that breached 200 U.S. federal agencies and firms, act of war, as DHS cybersecurity Chris, Chris Krebs admits happened. Okay, well, let's do some background check on him a little while. Chris Krebs, his failure to stop it. And then Biden said they will be held accountable in an interview on Thursday. It happened on my watch, says Krebs, and Russia has denied involvement in a massive data breach. They're saying, hey, wait a minute, we didn't even do this. What the heck are you guys blaming this on us for? Why? Because it's the constant, constant, constant 
fear porn. Oh, we're about to have nuclear Armageddon with Russia. We're about to have a nuclear war with Russia. Well, the sad part about it is, is that we're not basically about to have anything. According to Russia, they're like, what are you guys talking about? What's wrong with you guys? You're the ones that are corrupt. You know, and then we've got Trump coming out, his advisors, this is another article says, Trump is ill-served by advisors pushing him to concede, former Overstock CEO says. President Donald Trump advisors want him to lose the election that are and are, un, are lying to him, according to Patrick Byrne, the former Overstock.com CEO, who says he was part of a lengthy White House meeting on December the 18th. I guess this is with Sidney Powell. Trump has lied to by his own advisors who tell staff, get the president to concede while they stall Trump, Byrne wrote on Twitter on December the 20th. Byrne specifically pointed to the White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, counsel Pat Cipollian, and a pair of attorneys who he referred to by their first name, Eric and Derek. <laughs> Eric and Derek, that reminds me of is the old Bob Newhart show. They had the, the two boys, the two brothers, Eric, but they weren't Eric and Derek. The White House didn't respond to requests for the comment at press time. I can promise you President Trump is being terribly served by his advisors. That's an absolute fact, by the way. But guess what? Trump put these advisors in. Trump put these people, these CFR members, into positions of power. Trump has a Kabbalist son-in-law and Kabbalist daughter who basically worship a snake in a tree called Ein Safia. Not making this up. Listen to the last Thursday show, Sex Death Cult That Runs the Planet. This is basically the group that basically runs the White House, and Trump has put them into positions of power, and he has done so willingly. He knows what his daughter believes. He's not a dummy. I mean, she, he sees her wearing the red Kabbalah bracelet. He knows what she believes. He knows exactly who she is. She knows, he knows she goes to Shabbat Lubavitch. Shabbat Lubavitch is one of the primary groups of basically Jewish folks that have basically put a sect together that wants to create a new world order, kill 90% of the population, enslave the other 10%, openly admit it, talk to them about it over in Israel. You can get interviews on these guys talking about it. He knows who she is. This isn't some fake thing. I'm telling you guys this morning. This is exactly who, who she is. She's a Kabbalist. So is Jared. And so they know who these people are, and Trump knows who they are. And he goes, I could promise you, quote, Trump is being terribly served by his advisors, end quote, Burns said. They want him to lose and are lying to him. He is surrounded by mediocrities. Well, whatever. Trump has conceded the 2020, has not conceded the 2020 election, which he believes was stolen, which it was. His legal team and third parties like Powell are pursuing legal challenges in six states, including several cases pending in the U.S. Supreme Court. The president's legal team has also pushed state legislatures to assert their constitutional power to name electors. Byrd's messages appeared to be a reaction to media reports that the president discussed declaring martial law during the meeting on December the 18th. Burns says the claims were 100% fault, according attorney Sidney Powell, who was president of the meeting, likewise disputed the claims. People saying that, including those around him, are liars, Powell wrote on Twitter on December the 20th. Byrne wrote, it is 100% winnable. No martial law required. Sydney and Lieutenant General Michael Flynn presented a course that I estimate has 50 to 75% chance of victory, and the staff just tried to convince him to do nothing but accept his defeat. As a CEO, my heart broke to see what they're doing and what he's going through. He is betrayed from within. Guys, you've got to ask yourself a question. This guy's been in business for a long, long time. You know, I've been in business for 40 years. 
And quite frankly, I've learned to be pretty discerning about employees. I've learned that there are certain people out there, you really can't afford their production, and I've let them go because of what they do as far as the blowback. This is what people need to understand and what they cause. Oh, by the way, Austin basically uh, just texted me. I guess he's still trying to get his phone go ahead. And he goes, uh, go ahead and close the show since we I can't get back on the air. So so, so uh, sorry about that, guys. I'm sorry we lost Austin today. But, guys, it's so important to understand what's going on you know, with who we are and where we are with what's going on with this election. And, see, this is so very, very important that all of us, you know, get to the point that we understand that we have no choice in the matter. No choice whatsoever in the matter as far as what's happening. And so, you know, we can protest. We can do that. And we can go to Washington, D.C. But guys, unless we talked about, like we talked about on Friday, that we're going to bear arms against the United States, which I don't recommend because of the absolute asymmetrical warfare that would create, we are in a situation that we have to continue to do the best we possibly can, and that includes praying. We've got to pray every single day. And the Bible says to pray without ceasing. Why is that? Because if we don't do that, what ends up happening is we basically allow the evil one to come in and plant seeds of basically discord and basically confusion into our lives. We have to stay focused on the course and realize that God's still in charge and prayer still changes things. Now, does that mean that if we pray that God's going to come back and heal our land and put Donald Trump into position of power again for another four years. Actually, it doesn't mean that. Now, why is that? Because Donald Trump is not a man of God. Donald Trump basically had a chance, I really believe, four years ago when he was put into power and put into the election and became president of the United States to change things. I really believe that. I really believe that he had the ability to come in and do this. The problem with it is, is he didn't do it. And he was he basically capitulated to the Sabbatian, Kabbalist, Luciferian agenda of the New World Order and the One World Bankers. This is what he did. And so what ended up happening, basically, is we put our faith in a false prophet, so to speak. Not that he's a prophet, because I don't believe that he is for one second. Metaphorically, I don't believe the guy's even saved because of the weird stuff that he does. But we put our faith into a man and not in God. We're never going to find a solution to a spiritual problem in the United States through the election. We're not going to have that happen. We are simply not going to be able to do that. So the sad part about it is, is guys, where do, where, where do we come in with this? Where do we come in and say, hey, I've had enough of this now. I'm going to get right with Jesus and we're going to pray. That's a question, isn't it? That's a question for all of us. And if we don't figure this out quickly as far as from a spiritual standpoint it'll be like Austin said on Friday the United States will find itself dying with a whimper in the ash heap of history and I'm afraid that's where we're going as a country you think well Ted that's a terribly negative attitude to have well no it's not you've got to look at what's happened you've got to look at the pornography you've got to look at what's happened to us in the educational system now the one thing that we do have going for us is we had 80 million people vote for Donald Trump the problem is this, guys. The government has become systemically corrupt at the highest levels. The federal judiciary has become systemically corrupt, even at the Supreme Court. Now there's pictures of John Roberts sitting on a couch with Ghislaine Maxwell, basically in her, in her underwear. Yeah, 
I hope you guys have seen that over the weekend. And so we know that John Roberts is completely and totally compromised in the fact that he would not take or hear the course, the court's responsibility of the Texas lawsuit with over 21 states. you got over 20 states of the United States of America signing in for election fraud with what happened in Georgia, and the Supreme Court won't hear it? That's a problem, isn't it, guys? So do I think that Donald Trump's going to do something like declare martial law? No. Do I think that, that Biden's going to be put in as president? Regrettably, yes, I do. Because I don't think that Donald Trump has the resolve, and I personally believe that Donald Trump is pretty much, at this point, you know, so controlled by the Kabbalist bankers that he's doing whatever he's told to do. Because remember, he is not in charge. He has never been in charge. Bill Clinton said when he was president of the United States, I learned very quickly that these high-level decisions, I don't make them. They're made by the people that are above me. Now, he never said who they are. But guys, in the Council of Foreign Relations, there's a subset. If you read that article that I posted, there's a subset that talk about the international banking cartels who control everything, who control all of it. And that's who's in charge of the United States of America. And if we understand that, if we understand who they are, at that point in time, we can stand against that. That's why it's so important that all of you pray all of the time and ask God to lead you and direct you through the Holy Spirit. I'm very serious about this right now. I can't be any more direct. Because if we don't have the Holy Spirit leading us and directing us, we won't be able to chart the course through this storm that we're fixing to come into. Guys, we've got a big mess happening in the United States right now, and we need to be aware of it. And we need to stay the course and stay the course with the great I Am. That's why I played that song today. So guys, I want you to know something. I love you. Just remember, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad. I'm so sorry, Austin, for come back on the other day. I guess this phone system just stayed down after it went down at the beginning of the show. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Always remember, we do all things that Christ strengthens me. Thank you for your support. Thank you for getting your multiple vitamins from us. Thank you for basically being here and praying for us. God bless you guys. I appreciate you. We'll talk to you tomorrow.